The Sports Complex of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon on the show today. Texas women's basketball takes on Oklahoma tonight in a matchup that could decide the regular season Big 12 winner. A big matchup for Texas women's basketball tonight against Oklahoma. We will get in to Texas baseball getting a win over St. John's. Of course, we will talk about Texas basketball handling business in Lubbock and my man Brock Cunningham coming through to show Lubbock just how Texas feels about him in that game. We'll talk some other Big 12 action as well in basketball. Get to the big fat pole of the day. Get to some NFL talk as well. The combine is rolling right along. And the NFL Players Association put out their yearly poll of how the teams are doing. We'll get into all of that. And, of course, some NBA talk as well. We didn't get into it yesterday. We'll get into some NBA talk as well. All three teams in Texas were in action last night. So we'll get into that. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. That is the text line number. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. That means... Whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll keep talking about it. Sometimes you get my blood pressure a little high. Sometimes a building gets a little hot. Cold front blew in this morning, so I think we'll be okay today. Uh, but I love talking to you guys on the text line. No matter what you say, I enjoy when you're part of the show here. Uh, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. I already see chances. See if the haters show up in the show. I, I think they, you know, I think the haters will still be here. I think they'll still be here. I did want to ask if this has happened to anybody else. Does this happen to me today? And it was very frustrating. And I want to see if anybody else this has happened to. Uh, that, uh, you know, I was having a good day. You know, Texas got the win last night. That made me pretty happy. Uh, so I was walking the dog this morning. And I got a, uh, this started, I'll say, I'll, I'll start off. I'll give you some pre- preface on this. Uh, you know, I wear contacts, so I had to go get another prescription. I don't have a regular eye doctor I go to. Uh, so I went to a place that was by where I live. Uh, I went in, and then they were like, "Okay, well, do you want all these, you know, extra things for them?" I was like, "No, I don't. I just need the prescription. That's all I need. I just need to get that done." Uh, so they like sign this waiver. You're not going to do it. I did that. I go in. Uh, I get my eyes checked. Uh, I come back out, and then they're like, "Oh, well, we did them all anyway, so you owe us the money for those. They're not covered by your insurance, uh, and you owe us several hundred dollars that you weren't expecting." They also tried to upsell me some glasses. That they were like, okay, we'll get these glasses. And basically, so I went in where my bill should have been like 100 bucks, And when they first tried to ring me up, it was $800. I was like, no, we're not doing that, guys. 
that. I did not plan on an extra $800 expense this month. Uh, so then we're like, cut, cut the glasses, cut that, and we got it down. It was like 300 something bucks. So it was, I was pretty upset because I don't like when people try to get over on me like that. And, and you know, you said you didn't want to do this stuff, and they did it anyway. And they're like, well, too late now. Uh, so I was like, cool. Well, I'm just never going back to that place again. Screw them. I'm not going back. Uh, I got the email today and a text message that was like, hey, we just scheduled you for another appointment. Uh, we're just confirming. This is, a, it's a courtesy, this is a courtesy email to let you know you've been scheduled again for another appointment, which I never scheduled. They're just like, reminder for your appointment. And then they're like, if you want to reschedule, not if you want to cancel, if you want to reschedule. So I had to try and get out of that today. Uh, is that is anybody else dealt with this now where people are now just like, if you just say, well, I don't ever want to do business with you again. They're like, well, we scheduled you again. What are you going to do about it? We have your insurance information. So we're just going to try and screw you. Has this happened to anybody else? I'm curious about it. I'm curious if this is a thing. Now I've seen, I've heard one other person that I know something similar happened to, but it was very frustrating this morning to deal with somebody being like, where I was like, well, I'll just not, I'll just not deal with them again. That's fine. I'll move on in life. And they uh, apparently were not ready to end the relationship. Uh, I don't want to give out their name, but I will say, please don't do that if you run a business. That is not cool. Very not cool. But uh, let's get into it. Uh, text lines open 512-447-3776. You know, I'll start off with Texas women's basketball. Before we get there, before we talk a little Texas men's basketball, let's talk a little Texas women's basketball because they do have a big game tonight uh, coming up. Uh, Texas right now, number three. They're going to take on number 20, Oklahoma. Oklahoma actually leading the Big 12 uh, conference right now uh, in the women's basketball. They have a game lead over Texas. Texas, with a win tonight, would tie with them. Uh, they'd be 1-1. One one. Oklahoma beat Texas earlier this season. Uh, the story is that after they beat them, uh, Vic Schaefer was not thrilled about it and had to practice the next morning at 5.15 in the morning. It was practice time the women's basketball team and that's when they started to help turn it around they're going into play Oklahoma I believe if I read the tiebreakers right that would mean they would go uh next is their record against the next best team which would be Kansas State and Texas one and one with them Oklahoma's 0-1 against them only played them once this season because the new teams in the Big 12 Texas uh, both teams everybody only has one more game left after this week's game so once we get through this week uh, they play again on Saturday, which is that 10K for 10K. Remember that. If you want to go to the Moody Center on Saturday, tickets are the, the most expensive tickets you're going to buy are $15. Uh, and if they sell 10,000 tickets, get 10,000 people in there, Big Schaefer is going to match a $10,000 donation. They'll get some other people to match that, raise a bunch of money for the Neighborhood Longhorns Foundation. Uh, but So if you want to go check out the Senior Nights, uh, support this women's team who has really overperformed and done a great job this season. Uh, check out all the details on that 10K for 10K. But tonight in Oklahoma, playing a big game, try and get the uh, try and win the Big 12 there. Try and go on and win the tournament. Go on and get a get a streak going. Get you ready for uh, the NCAA Women's Tournament would be great. Uh, really, the guys got to watch out for the girls. You got to watch out for in Oklahoma, uh, for Oklahoma. Lexi Keys is their big three point shooter. She's shooting about thirty seven percent. They are a pretty good scoring team at Oklahoma. They have a pretty good uh, three point percentage. Some of their guys can shoot the threes, and you want to watch out for that. Uh, Madison Booker versus Skylar Venga uh, matchup. Those two are going to be going at it. Uh, the good news for Texas is Oklahoma doesn't have a ton of size, a ton of height. Uh, Texas is going to beat them in the height department, so hopefully you can get those rebounds where they've been out-rebounding people. They've been able to score points in the paint. Uh, you just want to make sure you don't have the turnovers that have gotten Texas in trouble before. 
uh, where Vic Schaefer starts to get pretty upset. But you should be able to go inside against this team uh, and hopefully get in there. Hopefully Madison Booker has another big game uh, tonight for Texas women's basketball. That would be a lot of fun to see that. Get a big win. Anytime Texas can beat Oklahoma, it's a positive thing. So we're going to be rooting for that one. Uh, we all, so let's talk. All right, let's get into it. We'll get into it now, and I'm sure we'll get into it in the 5 o'clock too. I'm sure we'll have some texters uh, keep coming in. But let's talk about Texas versus Texas Tech at Lubbock. Texas last time traveling to Lubbock, and I imagine after last night there will be no rush to schedule another non-conference game for Texas men's basketball in Lubbock. If there was any talks of it at all already, if there was any notion of it or inkling of it happening, those might have been thrown out last night. Because last night, Texas not only gets the win, uh, we can go into a couple different things. We'll start off with the the controversy, uh, but the, the issue of uh, in the second half, Texas is playing pretty well. Texas Tech is trying to make any sort of impact and run into the game uh, and going for a rebound. The ball bops out. Uh, Brock Cunningham is running over to the sideline. Uh, Darian Williams also coming over to the sideline. And Brock tries to make a basketball move where he's trying to cut off Darian Williams and not and let the ball go out of bounds because he feels it'll be a Texas ball if it goes out on uh, if the ball just goes out without being touched. Uh, he does that too aggressively. It was a flagrant foul. I don't. I wouldn't make it a flagrant two. I get in today's game. I get at Lubbock that it's a flagrant two. I would have said it was a flagrant one. Uh, I, I think it's also one of those plays that we see now so often in so many sports where when you watch in real time, it doesn't look terrible. Darian Williams really only bounces about three feet and then pops right back. He doesn't even go down, hits himself in the chairs, gets up, and he's fine. Uh, so it was aggressive. But I think real speed, it looked a lot not as, like, not as bad at all as opposed to when you slowed it down and you see Brock kind of bracing himself. And you say, okay, you can't be doing that, especially not in heated moments when we're up. Uh, you know, you, it was unfortunate that he went that, you know, that it was that, you know, he braced for it. But, yeah, to think that Brock Cunningham also has such good body control that at full speed can really go try and injure a player. He also didn't go high or low. He went body-to-body contact. Uh, so those are usually not going to be injuring plays or something like that where you're going to take somebody at their head or try and knock somebody out and injure them. It was just a it was a hard hit. Uh, I, I I personally said it was a flagrant one when I saw it happen, but they go at it. Some of the Texas Tech players get flared up. The crowd starts freaking out because they had already thought that it, the fix was in. Because and, and still, I will never get this in sports that fan bases that will say any game we win, we have won. We won every game we won because we're fighting the hardest and we have the best players. Every game we lose, it is because it is set, predetermined, the game is fixed. Somehow we're not a part of it. Somehow everyone else has fixed this. And they really, the Big 12 wants Texas to be doing well and wants them in the tournament and wants them in the Big 12 tournament to be well. I I don't get that. I think the commissioner has already made a point that he doesn't really care about uh, Texas and Oklahoma, but... You can believe whatever you want to believe. I, I think the game, they were just calling it tight because it was a rivalry game uh, for Texas Tech, and it was a rivalry game. And it was going to be a heated game. They knew that. The refs just called it tighter. The refs just called it tighter. Uh, and Texas was able to get you know the benefit of that. So that happens. Uh, then the, play, the, the court, they start throwing water bottles and stuff on the court, finally. And hats off to Texas Tech for finally getting out there and their coach uh, being able to get out and, and get them to stop throwing and get the game back going on because 
at a certain point, I thought there was a good chance that Rodney was going to pull the guys off of the court uh, just to at least make a statement <laughs> that this was not acceptable. Like the second or third thing that got thrown down, I thought they may go ahead. And when they had to drag the guy out, uh, I thought maybe he'd pull his team, but he didn't, which is good. Uh, they were able to stay out there. It did give uh, Texas Tech a little bit of momentum right there to go fight for it. Texas did a good job weathering that storm, let the crowd tire themselves back out, hit some big shots, and get back into it and win the game, uh, get a good win, 81-69. It wasn't really that close either. Uh, we can say it wasn't that close because Texas Tech hit a meaningless three at the end of the game. It wasn't that close because it was – Texas really slowing down at the end of the game and just trying to run the clock out uh, with Texas Tech really going for it. Uh, but a couple of things to note. One, we saw Dylan Mitchell did not have a great game, only plays 21 minutes. Uh, it was a matchup we kind of thought was going to be a bigger deal in this game. He goes 0 for 2. Uh, he ends up with only two points in the game. Just wasn't able to contribute uh, offensively the way we had hoped uh, attacking the paint. Uh, does get a few rebounds, gets eight rebounds. He does help out in some other ways. Had some big rebounds at the end of the game and had some energy, but wasn't necessarily offensively the player you would have hoped he could have been in this game. But that all comes down to two. The entire game plan and everything for Texas, which I look, I'm big on RT winning this. I'm big on Texas winning this. I'm big on, you know, getting a big win on the road. You know, I said yesterday it was 50-50 is where I was at ranking. If you would have told me that Warren Washington was not going to play in this game, I would have said it would have been up to 65-70% and pretty much a must-win for Texas. Because when you take Warren Washington out of this game, Texas Tech has not been the same team without Warren Washington, the big seven-footer in the paint. Dylan DeSue now becomes a matchup threat as opposed to offensively somebody that has struggled against guys that are seven foot and a little bit taller than him. He struggled more against those types of players this season. You take that equation out, he's going to be a lot better player. You take away the depth in the front court for, for Texas Tech, and now those matchups are a lot better. So I think it changed some things, the spacing of the court. Uh, you know, the two-man game with him and DeSue where Dylan Mitchell could drive and get those assists, that kind of all out the window when Warren Washington is out of the game. But this was when Warren Washington did not play. He was a game time decision. He's been injured a lot this season. I think Texas Tech is doing the same thing Kansas is where they're trying to get their guys healthy for the postseason run. So they're going to sit them a little bit now here at the end, like McCullers in Kansas and Warren Washington and Texas Tech. They know they need those guys to compete at a high level. Uh, so those guys did not play. Texas has to win when that doesn't. And they do. They get the job done. That's the important part. You're on the road. Anything can happen. You get the job done. Uh, when you get there, IT Horton actually gets a starting uh, call for Texas in this game instead of Kendall Weaver. Interesting decision. I think I get why he did it. Uh, he's trying to add more scoring, more spreading the court to get Dylan to sue some more uh, space to get uh, Max Asmus a little bit more open. I think putting another shooter, even though he hasn't been hitting his shots either, he is a better shooter than Kendall Weaver is. Uh, guys understand you can't leave him open because if he gets hot, you're screwed. Uh, so he, you know, he wasn't necessarily a huge impact offensively in this game. However, he was somebody uh, that does get the starting job, only plays 20 minutes. Kendall Weaver actually ends up playing 30. But the other factor of putting IT Horton in is instead of Kendall Weaver in the starting lineup is when Kendall Weaver comes in with all that energy, he brings you that that second spark that when Texas has started to struggle a little bit, eight, eight, you know, eight minutes, 12 minutes into the game, now you have Kendall Weaver, who's really picking up a second wind with eight minutes, and now you get that second run, 
that second jump up, and Kendall Weaver has himself a game on the bench, uh, 15 points, and most notably, most notably, what do I keep saying? What do I keep saying? Shoot some free throws. Kendall Weaver goes 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Keeps attacking the paint. Texas shoots 24 of 30. They get to the free throw line in the game. They get to the free throw line. They go, and when the game starts to slow down in the second half, they attacked the paint. And they realized, yeah, it's not great that you're stopping the clock and scoring, but instead of taking bad threes, drive the paint, create contact, the refs were calling in the second half, especially after the Brock Cunningham ejection. They start calling everything. You see Pop Isaac start going to it. He understands what's happening. So you had to go the other way. Kendall Weaver understood that. IT Horton went in there and did it a little bit. Max A. Smith shoots the two free throws. He gets in there and gets a foul. Uh, you know, Dale, Dylan Sue gets in there. Everyone has a little bit of that getting into the paint, getting fouled move that you had to do in the second half. The refs are calling it tighter. Sometimes you don't get those. You still have to go in there and try and get it done. Uh, so it was good to see those types of things happen in this game. They uh, they also did pretty well blocking shots. They blocked uh, six shots uh, against Texas Tech. They prepared. Kendall Weaver had a great block. In the second half, when a, in a breakaway on a fast break where it could have really changed momentum again, Kendall Weaver did something that I, I thought was really high basketball IQ for a sophomore uh, where Pop Isaacs coming down, Kendall Weaver's running step for step with him, understands, sees Pop Isaacs start to cut in to try and create contact where he doesn't care about getting the shot in. He's going to go get those two free throws and then maybe be able to force a shot in. But he wants to get the foul on Kendall Weaver. Kendall Weaver sees this, takes steps away from the basket where he's getting himself in worse position technically, but now Pop Isaacs cannot get the foul because he's going to put himself underneath the basket, makes it a harder shot for Pop Isaacs. Kendall Weaver elevates above him, still is able to get his hand out and get a piece of the ball, but just a really, really high IQ play by Kendall Weaver to see Pop Isaacs trying to get a foul there and Kendall Weaver realizing he can't pick up that silly foul. He wants to contest, but takes those steps away. And if you watch that replay, you see Pop Isaacs take a step in, and as soon as he does, Kendall takes two away and is still able to get a block. That right there was one of the most impressive plays to see from a younger guy uh, that hasn't had a lot of playing time early in the season to understand the situation, understand that you don't want to give them three-point plays, understand you don't want to give them momentum, and ended up still being able to get the block and take away momentum from this team. Uh, just a huge play. When you talk about all the things at the end of this game where this Texas Tech team is really good in the last eight minutes, and they were able to slow that down. And all those pieces coming together for Texas to be able to hold on. The numbers didn't look great. The numbers didn't in the second half. Uh, they were outscored 46-34. to 34. If you look at their shooting numbers, it was not great for them in the second half. Uh, but they did get to the free throw line. They were able to control the clock and play some defense as well. There was some, you know, the last three minutes probably of the game, they were trying just not to get a lot of fouls and trying to step away because they knew the refs were calling everything. So they let some things that probably should have had a bit of a more contest in there. There's still plenty to look at on game film, but a good overall game and game plan from Texas coming into this one. Again, I'll give Texas Tech. Warren Washington was out. That was a must-win for Texas. When you take out a big seven-footer, that's one of the better players for for Texas Tech, especially defensively. And you, you know you're going in there, and you're already a pretty evenly matched team uh, as far as you know. Where now you're putting it, where Texas is the faster, stronger 
bigger team, you have to win those games. You just have to. Now, when they played Houston, they weren't the stronger team. They weren't the faster team, and they didn't. They weren't as disciplined. When they played Kansas, they weren't as they weren't as tall. They weren't as fast. They weren't as uh, you know talented. But you go into Texas Tech, and that's a team that will fight for everything. But they don't have the recruits, and they don't have those players that are just physically super talented and super big. You have to be able to win those games. They do. That's a big win for Texas. They've shown this season they can win the games that they need to early on. We know they had some losses that you love to get back. Uh, that you didn't. They didn't show up. They when they had, didn't have their lineup figured out when they were still trying to play three bigs. That lineup just didn't work early in the season when they were trying to work Dylan DeSue back into the starting lineup. Uh, they were trying to figure out what was happening there, and then Caden Shedrick started to have those injuries and the back spasms. That part of the season, there was a lot going on where they lost some games that they would love to have back to be a, two or three games above 500. Uh, that didn't happen. However, uh, get the big win now. We said they needed to win one of these road games. They needed to win one to try and finish 500. They got three games left. You need to win both home games, and if you beat Baylor, you're you're great. But you need to win both your home games uh, against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Uh, we'll get more into that uh, as we go along. Also uh, happened last night, we did see uh, Cincinnati put up a fight against Houston, 67-59. to Houston gets the win there. Victor Locken actually gets back in the lineup, has a pretty good game, 11 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, they out-rebound Houston, 42-30. to LJ Cryer is a decent game, but in reality, Cincinnati just doesn't hit enough three-pointers, uh, and Houston doesn't shoot threes a lot well that, that well either. They get an eight-point win. Houston gets a win. They need to walk away from that. Didn't look like they were up for it. Not Houston's best effort, but they get the win there. And the huge upset, BYU goes into Kansas and knocks off a very, very long home winning streak for Kansas. Uh, I believe they were kind of looking past BYU, how Texas did when they went there. Uh, BYU upsets Kansas 76-68 to in Kansas. Dallin Hall, 18 points, goes 3 of 6 from 3. Jackson Robinson, 18 points, 4 of 9 from 3. The three-point shooting for BYU takes it out. Uh, Kansas without McCullers in this game. Uh, Timberlake comes into the game. Nicholas Timberlake comes in. He did pretty well against Texas, does not do well against BYU. One of nine shooting, can't get it going. Uh, they only shoot three of 15 from three, are not able to get the ball going in this game. And then Kansas gets a big loss at home, uh, but that is the wake-up loss. That's the loss for Kansas where they have to realize they got to stick it up. They got to stay playing better, uh, stick up for themselves a little bit better because they have a big loss there. Uh, in action tonight, Oklahoma is taking on number eight, Iowa State. Uh, this is going to be a, uh, a game where both teams are going to rely on defense in this game. It feels like Iowa State should be able to handle business. Oklahoma will be, stay with them. It shouldn't be a blowout, but Iowa State just a little better at defense, and they're being a little bit more consistent offensively, especially at home versus Oklahoma on the road. Iowa State's averaging 10 steals per game right now. Uh, that is a big number. Oklahoma, if they don't turn the ball over, has a shot. But Oklahoma has not been playing as well down the stretch. Iowa State keeping it going. You also see UFC, uh, UCF at uh, Oklahoma State tonight. Something to watch if you're getting ready for Oklahoma State, uh, Texas on Saturday. You want to scout them a little bit. You can watch UCF at Oklahoma State tonight. Uh, Oklahoma State's been scoring pretty well at the end of the season. Uh, last three games, they've had eight, over 80 points a game. Uh, they're playing a lot better early in the season. They played a lot of their older guys, started off really, really bad playing their older guys. They've started to go a little bit younger in that lineup, 
and uh, it's been working out. UCF has had too many turnovers as of late. They've struggled on the road. Oklahoma State could get another confidence-inspiring win before they come to Texas. Uh, something you should check out tonight if you want to kind of check out what Texas competition is going to be uh, when Oklahoma State comes to town on Saturday. Uh, we should also mention before we go to break, Texas basketball, or Texas baseball, Texas gets the win 15-4 to over St. John, uh, St. John's. Uh, there was points in the game where it looked like St. John's might try to make a run at it. Texas able to keep the points coming on. Max Grubbs goes two and a third before starting to get in a little bit of trouble. He ends up giving three hits and three runs. Uh, Luke Harrison comes in, gets the win in a inning and a uh, two thirds, only allows one hit in two Ks. And Tanner Witt does come in, finishes the game out. I can't see the closer. He pitches the last inning of the game. Uh, does come in, no hits, no walks, and a strikeout in that. Uh, so didn't allow anything, did well in relief. We'll see if they're going to try and use him in relief or if this was just something to get him back out on the field. But Tanner Witt does get a little bit of action uh, last night against St. John's. Uh, also, Jalen Flores, a sophomore shortstop, gets another grand slam, six RBI game for him. The freshman Will Gasparino has a good game, three hits in that game, four RBIs. Good to see the freshman getting off on it. Uh, it was definitely a good game for Texas to see some guys that you wanted to see, some of the younger guys uh, hit the ball pretty well in that game. The pitching looked well. Good to see Tanner Witt come in and have a good outing in the ninth inning. Uh, so a lot of good coming out of that Texas-St. John's game. You would have liked Max Scrubs to do a little bit better, but you know that you know he's not one of your regular starters, so it's not going to be the biggest uh, issue in the world. You hope that uh, Tanner Witt, though, that news or that, that showing that he had and it's late, and I get it, and maybe maybe the team, uh, St. John's, had kind of given up already, but I, I'm not going to take anything away from a guy uh, who's fought back from what he's fought back for and you know didn't have his best first start the other day. But uh, good good inning there uh, to get some work in and uh, not walk anybody is kind of the bigger one you want to look at right there, that he was able to locate the ball where he wanted to put it. All right, let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day, and then uh, we can start getting to the text. I see some are already coming in. I know you guys are going to want to talk about some stuff, so we'll get into that. Uh, but why don't we get to the big fat poll of the day? Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today. You know, I I get that there's going to be some people that think that Brock Cunningham was acting out and that he's too violent on the court and everything else. I know there's some people who probably thought that was a much more vicious play than it was. As someone who played basketball for a long time, uh, I've been on either side of those plays plenty of times. They're annoying in the moment. It feels like someone's taking a cheap shot. They're usually not. You know, it's just two guys running for something. And you know, if you've been hit enough in your life and got to those collisions that, you know, it, it hurts a lot less if you're the one hitting. Uh, so he went and did it hey, and hats off to Williams for not flopping like Steve Nash and, and breaking his nose, uh, to try and get a call and then costing himself, uh, you know, costing himself in the playoffs, <laughs> just taking cheap, cheap shots at Steve Nash. Uh, but he, you know, he, he came back and you know, they, they end up separating and get through it, but it does put when Brock Cunningham's being escorted out, he's throwing up the hook him up. He's throwing the hook him, uh, to everybody when he got to Lubbock, uh, last year or the year before and, and came out with the hookum and was and was flashing it when he, the bus pulls in and all the guys are are you know yelling at them and all the Lubbock the Texas Tech Red Raiders are yelling at Brock Cunningham for what he's meant to this team and I know he's not having his best season he was having one of his better games uh, uh, ironically before he gets tossed out of the game one of his best games of the season so far for Brock Cunningham but in honor of Brock Cunningham and 
and him showing Texas Tech uh, a, a, a very nice way that Texas does not want to continue the rivalry. Who is your favorite glue guy? Who's your favorite culture guy? Who's your favorite team guy? And it could be any sport. It could be Texas, but it's all time. Who's your guy that you go, that guy bleeds it. He bleeds the team. He is for us there. He's the guy, and he's the guy that, you know, when he's out there, this team is just better. When he's when he's a part of this culture and part of this team, the team is better. That's the poll of the day in honor of Brock Cunningham. Who's your favorite glue guy, your culture guy, whatever you want to call it? Who's that for you all time? It could be a Longhorn. It could be pro sports. It could be any sport in, in Longhorns, too. Whatever you want to say, who's your guy that you think, man, that guy, that guy. If You know, when you put that guy in the locker room, things are just better. Let me know what you think uh, on the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will get to the text line. We'll start answering those and go a little bit behind the burn orange curtain. We come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Text lines open 512-447-3776. If you guys want to talk some Texas basketball, some Texas women's basketball, some Texas baseball, already talked all that. We'll get into some NFL, a little combine. The NFL Players Association poll, they've done it for this the second year they've done it. We'll get into that a little bit in the 5 o'clock and some NBA talk as well. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. If you want to talk any of that, you can hit us up there too. And a big fat poll of the day today. Who is your favorite glue guy, culture guy, whatever you want to call it? Uh, but Brock Cunningham, that is your basis. But uh, I've already seen some good answers. We'll get to those in just a minute when we start to get to that. Uh, the text line's open. We're going to get to those in just a minute, but I want to allow a little bit more time for that. So why don't we hit the uh, behind the burn orange curtain replay real quick. Uh, go behind the burn orange curtain with uh, Rob Babers. Uh, a little hook 'em up replay here on the Sports Complex. We'll come back. We'll answer some questions on the text line and get rolling on a Wednesday. It's a little hook 'em up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, we got a couple of stories I want to hit here in uh, behind the burn orange curtain, Texas football related. First, the um, college football odds uh, for the SEC uh, championship and for the national championship for the college football playoff have been released. Uh, the SEC championship odds per bet online um, is uh, Georgia at two to one, and then Texas at two and a half to one odds to win the SEC title. Ole Miss is six and a half to one, so they're the third best odds. Then Alabama with the fourth best odds, tied with Tennessee. So Tennessee and Alabama at nine to one. Um, then they got LSU at ten to one odds to win the conference. So those that's your top six. I guess you could say five because there's a title. So that's your top five um, best odds to win the SEC title. Um, Georgia, then Texas. 
um, Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU. Uh, man, Texas two and a half to one. I will say right now, in terms of returning starting quarterbacks, which Georgia has their returning starting quarterback too. You return all your coordinators and play callers. Also, I think Georgia returns all their coordinators and play callers. Uh, Texas returns four of the five starters on the offensive line. Um, and Georgia's pretty stacked. I mean, Georgia's been stacking classes for, you know, that's probably the most talented roster in all of uh, college football. Then Michigan, hell, Alabama was in that discussion before Nick Saban retired. It's that's a that to me for Texas uh, right now to be in that discussion already to potentially win the SEC in their first year in the SEC, um, man, that is a that's a hell of a leap. That is a exponential leap in expectation and projections for Texas. But I will say, you know, they built it the right way. Texas right now their lines of scrimmage, which you make you got to make sure you're buttoned up on the lines of scrimmage going into the SEC. Uh, Texas is strong on their lines of scrimmage. Still some questions about the interior D-line. That's going to be, I think, one of the biggest issues to figure out. But um, the O-line, you're stacked. Your edges, you brought in a lot of good edge players. Everybody's expecting uh, Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrell to take a lead. But you got Trey Moore coming in. You got a Colin Simmons. You got a young Anthony Hill. Um, so right now, Texas seen as one of the uh, potential uh SEC contenders, or at least behind Georgia, the the second best odds to win the SEC. Well, it's interesting. Uh, who would have thought just a couple years ago that we had the debate last night on the On Texas Football Tuesday Night Live Stream, Rod, you and I, and C.J. Vogel, which sport for Texas is most ready to compete and win a SEC championship when they get there? No one would have said football two years ago. No. <laughs> now it might be football. Now volleyball is going to trump all because volleyball is the national champion, so they're uh-huh. ready to win any conference. Yep. Um, with, with Jared Elliott, but uh, football might be 1A uh, as far as the closest uh, on-field, on-court to, to winning an SEC championship when they get there in 2024, and that's, uh, that's credit to Sark, this staff, yeah. and what they've, did, what I, they've built I don't pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's mind-blowing, but I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, do, I think they're set up really well. With the changing landscape of the SEC, it helps that Nick Saban retired. Sure. <laughs> right, that helps a lot, um, and it, it helps that LSU lost – like their Heisman Trophy uh, winning quarterback and two first round rod receivers <laughs> that helps too because they they could return probably the best O line potentially in the SEC um, and you know if they return the quarterback and those two receivers that would be to me they would be a big threat they're not so I think you had a it was like a perfect year of turnover for Texas to come into the SEC and potentially win it. All right, uh, Bet Online also has their odds for the college football playoff, the new 12-team format. Ohio State with the best odds to make the college football playoff at uh, minus 1,000. Then Georgia at minus 900. And then you have Oregon at uh, minus 500. And then there's Texas. So Texas tied with Oregon, third best odds overall to make the 12-team playoff. And after that is Clemson and FSU at minus 250, K-State at minus 200, and Michigan, along with Utah uh, at minus 110. So there you go. You got uh, those are – yeah, those are the best odds overall to make the college football playoff. So Texas – with the fourth best odds overall behind Ohio State, Georgia, and Oregon. So essentially, I believe they're, the odds are just saying Georgia, they believe Georgia's going to win the, the SEC. And well, Texas will potentially could face Georgia twice. Th- three times. Three times. <laughs> they, they can face them three times if everything goes right. They'll face them in the regular season. Um, they're here implying they're going to end up facing them in the SEC title game. And they both get to the college playoff, which they will. There's a chance they could face each other in there, too. Yeah, it could be. That'd be wild. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. The, both return quarterbacks, as you said, in Beck and Quinn. And then uh, 
a lot of continuity in both of those places, Georgia and Texas, and yep. not a lot of continuity a lot of the other places around oh, the man. SEC. Even LSU with a Heisman Trophy winner, Brian Kelly, but they've replaced coordinators on both sides. Yep, um, you're right. You know, Jaden Daniels is moving on. Uh, two, so, wide receivers, two first round wide receivers. Two, two yeah. guys going to be first round. That's a lot to lose. People are going to watch the film now saying, man, this Malik Neighbors guy might be better than Marvin Harrison, or They're, at least he's on par. Oh, yeah. That's how good he is. And no one's knocking Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's like, dang, this dude's got some company. Yeah. Uh, I've seen now several mock drafts, Rod, that suggest that those are the two best players in the draft, period. Like one and one A, and then, yeah. then we can go to the quarterbacks, but as far as the two most. The most talented, highest-graded players in the draft, it's uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. and Malik Neighbors at the top of the draft. Speaking of draft, the uh, combine does really get cranking up today. I think I'm pretty sure today would be the day that Tavondre Sweat will step on the scale. Uh, that's important. It's a big day Tavondre for Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford. So linebackers, defensive line going first. They'll be on the field tomorrow, but today's the day they do their weigh-ins and measurements mm-hmm. and arm length and all that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. and then they hit the field to do drills tomorrow on day four of being there. So uh, defensive linemen, linebackers tomorrow, defensive backs and tight ends on Friday on field on uh, NFL Network, Rod. So that'll be JT Sanders, Ryan Watts. And then they go into this, the weekend with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs on Saturday. And then, of course, the uh, offensive linemen will wrap it up with the big dudes on Sunday. Um, man, we were just talking about that LSU offense, which I don't know. How, man, that defense must have been really bad for it LSU. It must have been putrid. Bad. That's why he fired everybody. Listen to these stats real quick. In the 2023 regular season against Power 5 teams, when LSU targeted neighbors or Thomas, their two first-round wide receivers that are going to be taken, uh, LSU had an explosive play rate, meaning a play of 15 yards or more 28% of the time. <laughs> they had an explosive play, 15-plus yard play, anytime they targeted neighbors or Thomas. That's, that is freaky. That, that's, that's crazy. That is why, hell, Jaden Daniels on scrambles alone against Power 5 teams, he had an explosive play 27% of the time he scrambled. So you got explosive play 28% of the time you target your two receivers and 27% of the time when your quarterback decides to just take off. No, I, was, man, that defense must have been really bad because that offense was almost unstoppable. It was. Well, they, they <laughs> one of their three losses, LSU, they scored 49 and lost to Ole Miss 55-49. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they put up huge numbers, and the defense was just terrible. And that was maddening for LSU fans. Like, wait a second. We're used to having great defense, defense and no offense. offense. <laughs> what are we doing here? We don't like this bizarro world yeah. that we're living in right now. Yeah, now we're oh. unstoppable. Yeah, but, I mean, Jaden Daniels won the Heisman, put up almost 5,000 total yards you know, on the ground and through the air. Um, uh, they crazy. were dynamic. All right, so uh, real quick, um, Bucky Brooks put out his latest mock draft at NFL.com. He's only a first-round mock draft. He's only got one Longhorn taken in the first round, and that Longhorn is Byron Murphy. But he's got Byron Murphy going to the Texans. Hey. 23rd pick overall, says D'Amico Ryan wants to invest in the trend to help the defense take the next step. Murphy gives the Texans a rugged interior defender to build around. Remember, the Texans like taking Texas players. That's something Nick Casario has admitted openly. Like, no, I like taking guys from the state. I want them to have pride in their, the teams in their state. And he believes, like, it, it, it helps in terms of the evaluation. Those guys getting more comfortable, adapting, and acclimating to, you know, the new team that they're in the state. He thinks it helps. Uh, the Cowboys, by the way, he's got the Cowboys taking Tyler Guyton. Um, the offensive lineman from the offensive tackle from Oklahoma uh, with the 24th pick in case Cowboys want to know what uh, uh, Bucky Brooks thinks you guys are going to do in the draft. Also, uh, we didn't talk about this, but Ian Rappaport did report earlier this week that Jonathan Brooks um, is healing well and expected after uh, his surgery. He's expected to be cleared by training camp. 
won't do any drills, of course, for the combine. But they're saying right now he's expected to be cleared for on-field activity by training camp. That also is big news in case a team wants to invest in him. Looks like he could be ahead of schedule. Um, maybe they'll ride, they'll probably increase his draft stock even more because he's already a top running back on, on everybody's board that I've looked at. And we mentioned the Cowboys team surgeon did that surgery. So the Cowboys know well yes, what's Dan going Cooper. on. Dan Cooper. Dan Cooper, I believe is his name. So Cowboys could be Lincoln. Speaking of the Cowboys, Tyler Guyton, I wouldn't hate that pick at all. I think he's a real good lineman. Uh, remember, Oklahoma's not going to have any returning offensive linemen this year going into the SEC because Tyler Guyton's one of the guys going to the NFL. Stephen Jones was asked yesterday about you know their number one overall pick a couple of years ago, Tyler Smith, mm-hmm. and would they move him out to left tackle if they lose Tyron Smith? And he said, not likely. He said, it feels like Larry Allen. That's how he referred to Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. He is he is good. Feels like Larry oh, Larry, I Larry Allen. Allen. I don't oh know. my God! That's a, that's a hell of a leap. Hall of Fame. That's a hell of a leap. But he feels I mean, like it's trending to be Larry Allen. He's a Allen. good player, though, man. He's a really good player. He's he, physical and he's athletic. Yeah, and he's versatile. Yeah, you can move out to tackle, put him at guard. You can. So it sounds like their plan is to keep him at guard because he's just so damn good. You know, in the pulling game and okay. uh, getting on the edges when they need Which him. Which means to. they need to resign Tyron Smith. That's probably true. Need yeah, to resign Tyron. Case and you did draft. Just like here, probably draft another line, old lineman. It ain't sexy, but it's necessary. Good stuff there. Hook him up with Ian Rob B. Uh, we're going to take a break here in a minute. But I do want to get the text line fired up, 512-447-3776. I uh, see all you guys going in there. By the way, I do have some sound. We'll play in the 5 o'clock. Tavondre Sweat, a little bit of sound of uh, him talking to the media at uh, the Combine. Byron Murphy talking uh, we will play both of that. I have another sound. Maybe I'll play in the next segment. We'll get. Maybe we'll see if we'll play that at something that was, I, I, it surprised me that that was a thing. Uh, we may play that in the next segment. I uh, want to play for you guys. But I want to get to the text line, too. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Uh, if you want to talk Texas basketball, Texas win over Texas Tech last night. Uh, the win for St. Uh, over Te- St. John's for Texas in baseball. The Texas women's team taking on Oklahoma in a big matchup tonight. Any of that, we'll get into NFL and some NBA in the 5 o'clock. You want to talk about those, a big uh, buzzer beater. Uh, get the Mavs get a devastating loss after a buzzer beater. Uh, any of that. We can talk any of that on the text line. And the poll of the day, who is your glue guy, your culture guy, in honor of Brock Cunningham sending a message to Lubbock, maybe sending somebody to jail? due to anger issues <laughs> get to that uh keep sending those texts in we'll get to those uh when we come back here on the sports complex on the horn 1019 am 1260 the horn app and hornfm.com patrick davis and the sports complex weekday afternoons only on the horn Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Rolling right along on a Wednesday afternoon. Text lines open. You want to talk some Texas basketball. You want to talk some Texas women's basketball, some Texas baseball, some NFL, some NBA, any of that. Big fat ball of the day. Who is your favorite blue guy, glue guy, your culture guy, in honor of Brock Cunningham? All of that. You can send it in on the text line, 512-447-3776. Let's start hitting up that text sign. 
Uh, all right, we'll go with Dave Ram. We'll start off with you, Dave. Uh, says, uh, now this is the type of defense that can travel anywhere. I haven't seen that time of effort on, effort on defensive side of the court. Most of the season, great D leads to confident offense. We were on offensively, and I don't expect that every game. But with defense like that, when we're struggling to shoot, we should still be in games and even win some of those. I just want to see effort night in and night out and haven't seen that all season. I blame coaching for that. I want to be proved wrong and will happily admit it that if RT can get that effort out of these guys from here on out. Uh, I, I, I like that. I like that you're happy and you're, you're willing to go with it. I will say partially of the effort was because this was a matchup where they were the bigger, stronger, faster team. It is a lot easier to bring that effort and play it when you're playing against a team where you can stay in front of them a little bit better than you. You're taller than them. All of those things that they really help you put the effort. They did put it out there. And I think they've tried to put it out in other games and failed miserably. I think they've put it out in other games and not failed and just haven't been able to do enough because they're outmatched. But they did really well in that first matchup. I mean, if you look at the numbers for Texas Tech in that first, and part of it is that they were, you know, that they, they weren't playing well, but eight for thirty-three from the field, one of ten from the from the three-point line for Texas Tech. That's solid defense. And the bigger deal is they were rebounding the ball really well. Uh, as well for Texas. That's another thing you wanted to see in that first half was good rebounding, continuing to fight for every play, fight for loose balls. Uh, you know, they didn't get the steals you'd like to see. They got more blocks than they've been getting, protected the paint a little bit better. I, I think the the reality of the situation was they had a matchup where they matched up really well with that Texas Tech team, especially without Warren Washington. And when they match up great, it becomes a lot easier to go out and do those things. And when things are going right, it, they can compound it. The big issue that Texas had is the players, when things go wrong, being able to change that. And that's part coaching. And that's part on the players. And, and, you know, as much as I'll say, I give credit to where credit's due on the players played well last night. They went out and they had to bring the effort. You love to see that on the road as well. Uh, when you're in a hostile place, you love to see a team go and do that. But I'm happy, Dave, that you were happy with the effort last night and that we can we can be friends today. We can be friends today. Uh, also on the text line, uh, we saw uh, who do you think is going to sign MVS because he got cut today? I'm not sure. That's not, you know, I think he's going to be a free agent for a little bit. Uh, Martez uh, Valdez-Scantling was cut from the Chiefs today. Uh you know, and then I, I think that there's teams that'll be interested, but you're going to go through the draft first. Uh, you're going to go through other free agent wide receivers. He's not a number one. He's maybe a number two, but probably more a number three at this point in his career. Uh, so I think that he'll there'll be offers for him, but it's going to take a while. Saquon Barkley, uh, if he doesn't stay with the Giants, which they're saying they want him to stay with the Giants, uh, they really want him to be a guy there that you know they're threatening the the franchise tag again to try and get him to take a deal that's probably not in his best interest. I think the Texans are the front runner because we know that he wants to go there. Uh, we know that uh, he feels he can go create some really special stuff there, and and I think the the Texans have the money to get it done. Uh, and if you want to look at somebody who could really be a change of like a real change back them that they you know think has the right work ethic right everything about him the injuries are the concern but that's a concern for a lot of running backs but every other box he checks off uh, I think the Texans would be the front of that list but the question is do the Giants even let him go do they franchise tag him again do they they throw caution to the wind at this point and say screw it we don't care we just you know we he's our he's our meal ticket he's on all our posters because we can't put Daniel Jones out there we don't have a wide receiver we can put out there we don't have anybody on our marketing stuff other than Saquon Barkley, so we're going to keep him just for that. Uh, we don't care about winning right now, uh, which would suck for him, but that's a possibility. 
It's a possibility. And you also say Yuli Gurriel. I like Yuli. Yuli was a good guy to have there on the Astros. I like that. Our text says Bill Bates going old school Cowboys there. Bill Bates was one of those guys, was a culture guy, glue guy. Definitely, definitely nailed that one. Nailed that one on the question. Uh, Rojo and Jay Witt. I agree with that. Both recent glue guys for the horns. Very good. That's a good poll on that one as well. Uh, average Joe says Brock Cunningham kind of Brock Cunningham kind of won that game last night. His play in the first half was huge. So I'll say that stuff that the push on there didn't necessarily help Texas. They were able to weather that storm. I think Texas Tech came out of that fair and a little bit better. They also started calling everything, and, te- and Texas Tech just started taking a ride at Texas. So they had to kind of back out of playing uh, tighter defense in the in the uh, in the post and under the basket. So it didn't. I don't know if it helped them a ton in the long run of that one. Uh, but it, you know, his play in the first half and his energy is a definite part of why they were playing so well in the first half. And Average also says Royale Ivy slapping the floor on defense. Yes, Royale Ivy is that guy. I, he's one of those guys that, you know, I, I, I think he needs a head coaching job, so I wouldn't say to come to Austin and be a uh, assistant coach with RT, but he's definitely somebody that I would love to see get a, a head coaching opportunity uh, somewhere in the NBA or in college uh, to get an opportunity because uh, I he's just a guy, huge basketball IQ. Uh, you know, he's spoken very highly of everybody who's played under him as a coach. Would love to see him get that opportunity. Hoping for that. Jimmy the Gringo says, Happy hump day, Patrick. Uh, whoop, whoop. I love Brock Cunningham even more after last night. He showed he wasn't going to back down without a fight. Uh, total basketball move. I would have made the same move, but I also like what he said uh, to his team before he left the court. He said, I might be out, but don't let them come back. I believe that's what I got from reading his lips without the expletives. Uh, threw the horns up in the locker room. Couldn't ask for more. The rest of the team pre- played pretty well. I would have liked to lead to stay in the 15 to 20 range. But like you said, Texas Tech doesn't go away. They don't. And there was some, you know, there was a few foul, a few calls uh, and a few plays that, you know, Texas, if they were, if Texas went out and was trying to really score, I think they could have, but you were risking a team that could come back on you. If you miss a couple easy shots, you miss a couple easy dunks, you allow it too much room for uh, Texas Tech to come back in too much time. So they were really trying to milk the clock. Uh, you know, there were some jump shots I didn't like at that. I would have preferred that all of those, they basically drove the paint at the end and you try and make it a scrum and you get you play 50-50 balls, you try and get the ball out. Also, it's a lot easier to make a fast break off a missed three than it is a missed layup because everyone's going to be underneath the basket. Uh, so I would have liked them seem to attack the basket a little bit more some of those times. But other than that, I think the game plan was the correct game plan. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to keep going to the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll get into some NFL talk. I got some sound from the combine, uh, and I got some weird sound too I'll play for you. All that stuff coming up in the 5 o'clock. Also, some NBA talk. We'll keep it rolling here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. 